This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Unschooling Scholars. Good evening, everyone. Oh, the next song's playing. Uh, today is, what is today? Wednesday, February. It's already February 1st, 2023. And this is episode five of Unschooling Scholars. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We've got Olivia here. Hi, Livs. Hello. And we got Bryson. Hi. And we got Caden. Hi. <laughs> and they saw a Honda in there, so they're excited. Papa's here. Say hi to Papa. Hello. <laughs> so tonight we've got a really interesting show. We've got the kids obviously here, and we're just going to talk a little bit about um, what we did yesterday. We just kind of took an unconventional approach to schooling yesterday. It was just one of those days. And uh, so we actually, we watched this really amazing movie, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Libby said I've got very good facts. So we're excited to share that. Um, so before we get started, we're going to go ahead and say a quick prayer. Um, so if you would, please just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight humbly just to thank you so very much for all of the blessings that we have in our lives, Lord. Um, I thank you personally for my four little blessings that you you gave me, Lord. I thank you so very much for allowing me to be their mom and to just be able to homeschool them and and just try to raise them up right, Lord. Um, I ask that you be with us here tonight, Lord, and guide us as this is your podcast and we're just your messengers, Lord. So whatever you put on our hearts, Lord, we we promise to just send that message out to, to those who need to hear it, Lord. Um, just guide us and be with us tonight. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. So everybody's saying hi, guys. So are we excited? Yes. So um, I don't know if any of you know Angel Studios. Angel Studios is um, the creator of The Chosen, the show The Chosen, and I'm sure everybody's heard of that. And if you go to angel.com, they've got some really pretty amazing things on there. Obviously, they've got the show The Chosen. Um, they've got, uh, cartoons for kids and they're, they're just amazing cartoons. There's one called, I think, winged feather or feather wing, something like that. We were watching that yesterday and Finney liked that. She's four. Um, yeah. And like Ryan said, we have the app on Roku and you know, you can get it on the app. You can watch it on the website. Um, we put it on the Xbox. So we were able to watch it on the TV. And so we were just, you know, we try to scroll through, you know, there's, um, what do we have? Netflix and you know all the others. Pureflix. Pure. We've got Pureflix. Yeah, that's a good one. We watched. What was that? The Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim's Progress. Right. That was a good one. We watched oh, that the yeah. other day. Um, but you know, there's not a whole lot of educational, um, just like good things for the kids to watch. You know, there's a lot of bad things out there, and everything they're trying to jam all of these agendas down kids throats and I'm really just trying to we don't watch a whole lot of tv in our house so when we do we just try to find something that's enriching and educating and so anyways so we watched this movie and it was called the riot in the dance and I don't know if any of you have seen it but um it's kind of like a national geographic and they talk about water um so before we start talking about it, I'm going to play this little clip because I just think that this this really like caught my attention on the whole thing so I'm going to go ahead and play it so, here are the rules. Make aggressive eye contact. 
keep swiveling your body so that you're facing as many sharks at a time as possible. Keep your appendages close to your body. Don't be wiggling your fingers. When the sharks approach, look them in the eyeball and do not retreat. Eye contact helps establish us as dominant. Stay calm and enjoy the ride. Right now, the sharks circling below me are all sandbar and Galapagos sharks. The sandbars all look to be around five to six feet, which is normal. The Galapagos sharks are bigger, growing to a max of around 12 feet, more than 400 pounds. While they aren't tiger sharks, the most frequent villain in these waters, Galapagos do attack. After an hour or two in the water, these things are willing to come in awfully close. Maybe drawn by my pale, fleshy flailing, maybe drawn by the electrical charge in the cameras. Many, many people have asked why we got in that water with sharks, especially without a cage. The thing is, they're amazing. They have an extra sense, electroreceptors that detect even very small disturbances in the water. We saw them respond to a single leaf that landed on the surface of the water. They are boneless. Most need to constantly swim in order to breathe. If they stop moving, they suffocate. We need to stop being so distracted at how frightened you're supposed to be. Open your eyes and look intently and see their amazing design. Genesis 9-2 says, And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Surely for your lifeblood, I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast, I will require it. And from the hand of man. Shark experts have told me that if you stay near the surface and make eye contact, you are establishing yourself as the dominant bigger shark. I don't buy it. Most of those sharks were bigger than me. All of them were faster than me. Any one of them could have killed me by itself, let alone all 30 of the sharks that were circling us. But they didn't bite and they didn't attack. And it wasn't because I tricked them into thinking that I was a bigger, meaner fish. I think it was because they looked into my eyes and they knew that I was man, made in the image of God. I don't know why eye contact would work as a deterrent with sharks, but I know that it does. I've experienced it. Yes, they rammed our cameras. Yes, they came close enough to kick, but as wild and frisky as they got, they were less dangerous to me than a pack of dogs would have been. And we all love dogs, right? I think we shouldn't consider sharks to be our enemies. We have to assess sharks the same way we assess people. Some are good, some are not. Some sharks honor God by using their gifts and design the way he intended. For others, there will be a reckoning because they broke his law and spilled the lifeblood of mankind. So that was just a part of the show, and I think it was so important when they talked about Genesis, you know. And when you think about it, you know, God created this earth for us, you know, everything um, that he created, the land and the sea and the air, you know, we are his prized possession, we his children. And so 
we kind of saw that in this video and we saw all of these different um just animals right the, these insects and almost different... like like we rule the land and the sea well exactly and that's what he was trying to say is that you know even though sharks are so scary and so big we should not fear them they should fear us and that's what he was explaining in the video so um you know we watched it and they talked about what crocodiles and octopus and and bugs and all this other stuff Bugs. and yeah so what were some of the cool things that we saw on the show b you want to go first come on over here come on <laughs> what did you learn what did you think was interesting um how whales um when they flip over um they um they would do it for fun right so you've got these big what were they what kind of whales were they do you remember um not the um was it a humpback the, yeah Okay, so these humpback whales, you just see this big, huge, massive whale, and it just completely flops out of the water. And scientists, marine biologists have found out that they do it purely just for fun. They're just truly enjoying life, right? And it was massive, this big, huge whale, and he just plopped out of the water, right? <laughs> what else? Livy, what did you remember from the video? This bug. I think it's called a water bug. Yes, it was the giant water bug. And there are how many inches did they see? I don't know, two. It's like two inches, right. And then how they eat. Well, can you the, explain how they do that? They, like, say a frog's in the pond, and they'll just be resting on a stick. If they see a frog come by them, they'll latch out onto it. And inject it in with venom, and then they drink it like a juice box. Right, like yeah. So they say like a Capri Apple Sun. juice. Right. So what they do is they've got these like claws on them, these little bugs, and they're in the water, and um, they take their claws and they dig them into their their prey, and then they inject this kind of venom, and then it liquefies their insides, and they just kind of stay attached to this prey, and they wait until it's just lifeless and it was actually kind of sad to see you know but kermit. yeah we call him kermit <laughs> yes and it was just so oh. sad because it was like but you watch yeah. so this is god's perfect plan and we're you know we realize that um this is how god intended it to be he wanted it to be this way right and it's the circle of life um what about you kaden what did you like about the video well I'm just telling about facts here. Okay. There's like this one eel. Do you remember the eel? Yeah, I remember the eels. Like I like I know that they were long, but I didn't know they get like how long? Like twenty I feet. Think it was eleven. Eleven feet. That's like almost two of my dad's combined. <laughs> He's like six foot. Six foot. And so, what about them? Don't they eat fish and all that? Yeah, they, they eat fish, but and they look ugly. Like they are, yes, they are not the prettiest creatures. Definitely their teeth not. too, their jagged teeth. Yes, they had the jagged teeth. And what did you tell me? They were like from what movie was that? The Little Mermaid, right? Yep, there were two of them. Yeah, the wolf eel. Oh yeah, the wolf disgusting. eel. That's what they're called. Yeah, the wolf eel. And yeah. they like hide under rocks. Like, don't they live under there? Yeah, they live under the rocks. And was that the one that comes out at night only, or was that the octopus? That was an octopus. Yeah, and what about the octopus? What did we learn about its brain? It, it has a brain shaped like a donut, and it has nine of them. Nine brains. No, I think three brains and nine. No, it was nine. Out. It was nine. They said they had nine brains. And they only come out at night, right? And they said that they only live to be what four years, maybe three to four years. Three to four years. And they said they are some of the smartest creatures, maybe even smarter than dolphins. And um just learning about all these animals, you know, and we don't really spend a whole lot of time like in the ocean. We spend a lot of time in outer space. But this man that that did this show, he just went to all different areas, you know, different water areas. And he um, was just showing these animals that live in there and these bugs. And what else, B? What, what like did you? ocean swamps. Yeah, ocean ponds. swamps. Wetlands. What about that big one? What was his name? It was like this big fish that he went and swam with. Oh, yeah, in Oregon. In, um, what was it, Herman? I think he got shot, stabbed. Yeah, he was part of a circus, they said. For 50 years. For 50 years, right. And then he got shot, stabbed, and then he lives in this little pond. You can go feed him. Yeah. What about you, B? What did you want to say? 
um, jellyfish, um, like, all, like, the tentacles, they grab it up, and then, like, the fish, it goes up to, like, their head, and then this absorbs it. Yes, that was the weirdest thing, the jellyfish, how it just sucks up its, absorbs yes, it. it absorbs it, right, yeah. Like a smoothie. <laughs> like a smoothie, <laughs> yes. What else did we learn? Um, what was it? Uh, what was that? What was that? I don't know. What was the first thing? Where was the first place that he went? What about the crocodiles? Don't they have like their underbellies? They, they're related to turtles. Yeah. The underbellies. Yeah. they look, And they look like frogs. Like he was under. Was it a. Yeah. He, was just, he had his head above and he's just floating in the water. And what did body. they say? They could be out of in the water for what? Six hours. Yep. They could see. They could like kind of like what live under the there six hours. What do you learn about the turtles? Oh, what did we learn about the turtles? You tell me. Go ahead, B. You um, can talk. Turtles, um, they could grow up to be like, um, like to 30 feet, I think. Not wow. 30 feet. That's interesting. Maybe like this big. <laughs> Maybe 30 years. They do live to be a long yes. time. Maybe yeah, like at max this. Maybe at max this. Well, Mom, what did you learn about the show? What did you learn about the show? I thought the octopus was pretty interesting. All I could think about was the donut, the donut brain, and oh. just how smart they are. And the way that they move through the water, it's almost like they're dancing, right? Like they were just like gliding. Yes. I saw those about a hole this small. And it was just in the ocean. He squeezes. It was like an octopus this big. And then he just squeezed his body in there. Yeah. It's amazing to watch, like, how some of these creatures, like, they just maneuver through, you know, the water. And remember when we went to Jamaica? Like, if you, like... Uh, like wasn't the like wasn't the one octopus from like from Finding Dory? His name was Hank. He could like don't they like fit in jars sometimes? Get yeah, them in jars. Like yes. how flexible? Like they could just kind of like I don't I know how to explain it. And they like, can take the lid off themselves. Yeah, yeah, glazed donuts and buttermilk. Oh boy, <laughs> all the donuts. Um, yeah, and then remember when we went to Jamaica? We went snorkeling, right? And we were under the water, and we could see all the tropical fish, and we learned about the coral reef. You didn't learn. What be? I tried to catch a fish with my hand. When like, we yeah. went snorkeling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw um, a goldfish in like the pond and then I had it like a my hand. A goldfish in the pond? And it slipped out of my hand. Aww. Wasn't it like the sea? Yeah, we weren't allowed to touch the coral reef, remember? It said just yeah. stay away from that. But you guys were little too and you weren't afraid to go in there. What about if I we were to go? so, so little. Yeah. Well, what if we we did that again, but to see the sharks? Would you no, guys go no, swim no, without no, the cages? No, no, no. no you wouldn't no, do that. No, why? No. But, well, why? When? I mean, why? as long as I don't have a cut, like maybe I'd do it for a couple seconds. I'd actually do it. A couple seconds, I'd do it. I swim with As long as like dad or mom is with me, mom or dad. Yeah, we could do that. You guys want to go do that? No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Are you afraid? I'll yes. do it. I swear, I will do it. We went to swim with the whales, but SeaWorld kicked me out. <laughs> Conley. We went, actually, Matt and I went to Mexico. Um, when, yes, I got to swim with the dolphins. And it was one of the most amazing experiences. These creatures are just, I was actually pregnant with Finn at the time. Um, and I didn't know it when we planned this all-inclusive trip. But um, so we went and we actually got to swim with the dolphins and we had a female and we got to pet her and, you know, teach her different tricks. And then we had the two dolphins and they were on either side of us and you put your arms on it and then they'll take you and glide you through the water and just kind of like lift you up out of the water. It was one of the I coolest things. I only went there because of the monkeys. I had like spider monkeys. What was it? Yeah. At the resort, there were spider monkeys. I'd like monkeys. to have one on my shoulder. What if we like just feed a banana? Yeah, what if we had one that lived here with us? No. Uh, <laughs> Y'all clean up the poop. No, no way. Bananas. So, you know, one of the things like with homeschooling is that, like for me, when I first started, when I decided to homeschool the kids, I thought um, everything had to be like workbooks and, and you know, you had to sit at your desk. And the more that we do this, the more I learn that, 
schooling is literally anything that you spend time teaching your kids, you know, and sitting here watching a movie with them. Like we just had a good time and just learning about all of these, um, these creatures. Right. And we just see how God created everything in his image perfectly. You know, you think of even down to the smallest two inch water bug. How God created them so perfectly. To the big giant humpback whales. To the big giant humpback whales, right? You know, every every living creature has its purpose on this earth, right? There might be some animal animal we might not know of. Well, I'm sure there are, and you know, deep parts of maybe the ocean or in the forest. I'm sure there's a lot of things that's not been touched by man that we haven't Antarctica discovered yet. Antarctica is another one. Think of that. Yeah, Antarctica, you know, we're... Oh, nobody Amazon wants to go there. That's too cold. I agree. Well, if the Yeti's real. Mm. The Yetis. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on. That's true. It could oh. not be, might not be a man. You never know, you know? So what was, you know, when you guys are, are at home and you're watching things like this, do you feel like you're learning? Yes, yeah, a lot. Yeah. One of my I favorite things know. is, like, learning about, like, the animals there, like, that's like i really love doing that kind of stuff i know you love your animals and i always tell you that you should be like a zoologist or a marine biologist or something you know because you're just really good with animals what were you going to say liz i do not know that this little bug i didn't even know there was such a thing as this i mean i knew what a water bug was but i didn't realize no i could take down this frog yeah I thought I could only take down like fish. I, I, like, I knew I ate fish, but I didn't know about frogs. Like, Papa wow. says, does playing catch, is that part of learning being competitive? Yes, does that count? Yes, yes, yes. Because yes, you learn how to catch yes, a ball. Yes. You're right. You're learning hand-eye coordination. Mm -hmm. You're learning how to be part of a team. You learn how to get cocky. No, we don't do that. <laughs> but learn not to be butterfingers. Right, not to be butterfingers, as Grandpa <laughs> would say, right? You know, all of these things that you're learning, you're learning these skills, you know, and you don't think about it. But when you're little and you're teaching a child how to do something as simple as, say, learning how to catch a ball, you're teaching them the eye-hand coordination. You're teaching them how to take turns, how to pay attention, how to focus. You know, Papa always says, focus, Miss Libby, <laughs> right? Cool. Right. And so... And over time, you get better at it. You keep practicing at it, just like when you're reading, right? Mm -hmm. The more you read, the better you. Skill that everybody should learn how to do, right? Go ahead. You can go. Um, so, um, yeah, go ahead, B. Close the door. Um, like also as us humans we gotta like learn to take care of this earth because pollution and all that could affect these animals and kill them right? well exactly and the worst thing about it is they can go extinct and we don't want that that's why it's so important you know we take care of the earth that god gave us right he created all of this for us right like the blue macaw i think was uh went extinct because so many people like love like desire them as pets right you remember the movie rio when you were just a little like you were two i think when that movie came out and you loved that movie the music and, and the colors. And I think because of the animals, you love animals, you know? And so it's really sad to think of that. You know, God created all these animals. There was a, a dodo bird. I remember seeing that and that went extinct. It's because we as humans, we want to just capture everything. We want to hoard everything. And that's the problem. Um, so red panda. the red panda, where's that at? Do you I don't know. know. Like what about those little China? squirrels? A Japanese squirrels. The Japanese Aww. squirrels. We get these brown, ugly squirrels, and then they <laughs> Ew, get these little black. fur balls. If you've never seen a Japanese squirrel, I suggest you you look one up. They're the cutest little things. Um, More cute than sugar gliders, too. Yes, they're Do definitely they are cute. sugar gliders. They glide Papa says, what about working with tools, learning about safety first and being responsible? Absolutely. Yes. When you get when yes. you get, when you have a job and all that, when you get older, you have to learn responsibility. Well, exactly. You clean up after yourself in the house and all Right. That. What do we say? And part children, of children too. Part, <laughs> part of part of making, making a mess, mess is cleaning it. Yeah. That's right. We can't just make a big mess and then leave it. And like Papa, you know, last year Papa and um Kaden, they made a birdhouse, right? And Papa was teaching you how to use the saw and how to measure 
you know, do things like that. These are the skills that you don't really learn in school anymore. So you have the opportunity. And Livy, you were just helping Papa when Papa came in. What were you doing? Back buttering. Well, what is back buttering for those who don't uh, know? You take a brick. Mm-hmm. And he had cement. It's he called had mortar. Mortar. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Right. Well, <laughs> had some mortar, and he put it on the wall, and then you take the brick and you put it. You take the mortar and you put it on the back of the brick, and then you put it on the wall. Right. So that's back buttering, right? So you take the mortar, you put it on the trowel, and then you put the mortar on the brick, right? And then you and put. And then you put it on, and then you have fireplace. And then you have you, the babe? fireplace, right? Did you have fun with that, helping Papa? Kaden, you yes. helped Papa with that, didn't I, you? Yeah, I helped most, with most of it. Nah. Jeb says, there's a book called Sharks Don't, Don't Get Cancer. Shark cartilage is a cure for cancer. That's interesting. Whoa. We're going to have to look that up. Do some research on that, Kaden. I think you'd be really good at that. Yes, B? I will get I to work on it. put down like the bricks. You helped Papa with the bricks? Mm -hmm. What did you do? I picked them up and I put them down. Oh, so you just uh, lifted the bricks? So you just yes. gave him the bricks. Okay. Did you back butter with Liv? Yeah. No. 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 I did like the scrape on like the wall to get like the bumps off. Oh, oh so I did that too. It. And he also um drew the line, the mm -hmm. very perfect straight line. Yeah. Don't talk about that. <laughs> that was fun. You guys all did a really good job learning how to do that's called masonry. And the next time he comes in, we're gonna have it finished. Yes. Oh, we can, yes. Hopefully. <laughs> So what else do you guys like to do at homeschooling other than like doing your workbooks? What are some yeah, other fun uh, things that we do? Baking. Baking, yes. You've become quite the baker, especially Bryson. Being we, a chef. Yes, you love. I think you're going to be a good I mean, chef. I like chef, that size. A chef. Go ahead, Liv. A chef should know how to cut a pizza. Right. Who doesn't know how to cut a pizza? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, you. I saw you upstairs trying to get a slice of pizza, and you cut it, and it was all other which way, up, down, left, right. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, we're going to bake sourdough. So we started the sourdough starter, right? And this was a learning experience for me because I never um, made sourdough starter before. And Ryan, his wife, Angie, she sent me a recipe. And so I'm like, we're going to go ahead and try this. And so I've got this really nice bowl and I started it and I put the cheesecloth on top and the next day I woke up and the cheesecloth was stuck to the top of the, the sourdough starter. So I was like, oh no. So what I learned for those that may not know, if you're going to try making some sourdough, make sure you have a deep bowl. Okay. Don't use a shallow bowl because the same thing will happen to you. Um, and make sure that you have 100% cheesecloth, uh, cotton cheesecloth, and then you put it on the bowl. And you have to stir it several times a day. And it just looks so weird to me because it's kind of clumpy. And then you stir it up and then it becomes liquefied again. It's pretty interesting. But um, yesterday we got a clay pot. And that looks pretty cool. Um, I've been wanting one of those because Bryson and I, we've been baking bread together for a while now. Right, B? Yeah. And so what do we do? How do we bake the bread? Um, first you have to get, um, like the bread batter, batter I think. Okay, what, the flour? Mm hmm mm hmm And then we pour it, and then we, I, I think you have to use eggs, too. Mm, not know? for the bread, we didn't use eggs. Some people don't even know that you learn from your mistakes, and you do even better, before, like, afterwards. Well, that's just it. We're constantly learning. That's what learning is about. If we perfected everything right off the bat, then... What would be the point? Well, that's, and that's that's what God did. Like he had to do that so that way we could learn from our mistakes. Right. Like exactly. you have to garden too. And I think that's kind of God's grace for us, showing us that we're not perfect, you know, like Jesus. Jesus was perfect, right? And that there is a God, because if we were perfect, we wouldn't need no God. Exactly, Caden. That's exactly it. So B, back to baking the bread. So we get the flour, right? We have to have the yeast. Mm -hmm. And what else do we need? Uh we need uh Water. water and we need some kind of like uh honey. sweetener honey we use honey we got that really good honey with the honeycomb right and we mix it up and then we it put it, six, it it took six hours just to make well yeah because we had to let it rise and we had to, you know there was a lot to it it wasn't just um 
Yes, we could try that. So <laughs> Olivia found a video of somebody freeze drying some Jolly Ranchers. And not freeze drying, dehydrating them. Dehydrating it. And it became this big puff ball. Yeah, so that's going to be one of our experiments, our science experiments. That's going to be interesting. Just like, what is that? Elephant toothpaste? Elephant toothpaste. Mark Rober's one. Yeah, we still have not tried that. We have to wait till it gets warmer and we can go outside to do that. It burns. You have to wear gloves. Yeah. There, there's just a lot of those kinds of things that. Um, we saw our little gardens we got for Christmas. Yes, we've got those little gardens. We can't start them because it's still oh. too cold. But soon, oh. probably next month, we could start with their indoor gardening. We got to start doing the plants. Remember when we did the pinto beans last year? How did we start them inside? What did we do? We put them in pots and then we let them grow. No, first, remember we had to put them on the paper towel, right? Oh, yeah. You put them in paper towel. And what did we do after that? I think, did you put them in a jar of glass water or something? No, we put the water on the paper towels, right? And then we put them in the Ziploc bags. Oh, yeah, I remember oh, that. Would the beans come out of it? Yes. Like the 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 flat the the leaves, right? The vines would yeah. come out. I remember we had a bunch of them, and we planted the pinto beans, but they didn't do too well last year. And then the and then the pumpkins took over everything. Yeah, the pumpkins. For whatever reason, we can grow pumpkins like we have a pumpkin patch in our yard, and they do. They take over everything. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any luck with the watermelons because the w pumpkins took them over. Yeah. Took yeah. over everything. So the another thing we can learn is put, probably put them in their own like little like uh, pens or something. Well, that's what we did. We've got the different, but because uh, pumpkins they they're viney, you know, they they just spread out. Um, we would need like put it in a separate part of the yard in its own little area. Put it back by the fence. Well, then I'm afraid Odin would be over there stomping on them. We have this big, huge, massive. Um, probably a 140 pound German shepherd and he just he's like a big baby and he just wants to stomp on everything so we had to put that's part of the reason why I put up the um, the, the green stuff around somehow right how they got in it yeah and we have rabbits back there which we could share I saw a hippity hoppity yeah the today there was a, a rabbit outside and it's 25 degrees and our neighbors they got dogs there too so the dogs. all all of the our dogs. subdivisions got dogs big dog and then they have a little chihuahua and they have a little dog about rock size that i think's a little pit bull i think mm, it might be and bella would tear them to shreds yeah <laughs> so we have to kind of watch out for our little furry friends back there if we see them out in the garden so that we don't let the dogs out um, odin would probably squish on him he's just he's <laughs> he'd step on him yeah that was a huge turnaround for B. Was reading in his vast improvement. Yeah. So when Papa came in the last time for the weekend to help with the the fireplace, um, he, he was reading to Papa, and Bryson he struggled really, you know, for a while um, with reading, and so we just kind of tackled that. We focused on that, and I think that's one of the most important things with homeschooling is just encouraging your kids to read. Um, because the more you do it, the better they're going to get, you know, a lot of it is, you know, phonics, and then there's going to be words that they don't know. Um, and then that's where the sight word memorization comes in. So the constant, you know, reading, repetitive reading, they're going to start picking things up. And so when Papa came in, he sat down with B and what was it, your science you were doing with Papa? No, I'm reading. You're reading and you just kind of went right through. Um, so Catherine asks, what are their favorite subjects to study? We'll go with oldest to youngest. Kaden, what about you? You first. It's got to be science um, history. I love both of them. Science history, yeah. Well, what about it? Come on over here and sit here. I love science because I like learning about animals. So like one of my favorite things. And I like history because I learned about the Bible in them. So then I like... Um, like King Tut, I think I learned about him. I learned about uh, Jerusalem's, yeah, and yeah, I really like both His, of those. History it has always been one of my favorite subjects, and the one thing with the Bible is that that's the oldest history book known to man. 
And there's so much history in there. Even before Jesus, they always prophesied of the Messiah coming, right? And then it led all the way up unto Jesus. And then after he died and rose again, right? So there's so much history in that book. And the curriculum that we use sometimes, the Abeka, uh, everything is just focused around God, God and, and the Bible, right? And Livy, what about you? What's your favorite subject? History. History. What about what do you like about history? I like history. Um, I like reading, but it is the only thing I don't like about it is you have to answer one million <laughs> questions after you're done. They well, give me sixteen questions. Though? Sixteen questions. Yes. I have never seen you have to answer sixteen questions. What's well, happened once? When? In my book. Okay, we're gonna go check that out because yes. I am calling. That's not true. Either that or 10, which is way too much. What there's about you, no B? need for 10 questions. Brent said, did you know that there's people today that don't even consider the Bible to be a historical document? That's shame. That is a shame. Yes. It really, really is. There's so much history. And, you know, there are other cultures that, you know, they, they talk about the giant flood. You know, God talks about the giant flood and Noah and his ark. And when I do my Bible study, Steve has talked about you know, all of the history and, and how it all ties into today. And they can't deny it. You know, they say that the ship Noah's Ark is up there somewhere in the mountains somewhere. So how did it get up there? from the flood. Because think well, what, the flood. what's their excuse for how it got up there? Exactly. And they won't let us see it. Whales flew. Because then that would whales prove. <laughs> yeah, the whales. What about you? Dee? What's your favorite subject? All right. Uh, yeah. B, come on over here. What's your favorite subject? Reading. Oh, now your favorite subject is reading. Why? Because oh, yes. I learned about the Bible. And, right. and I get better at reading. Right. And at yeah, first, well, how did you feel well, about reading? I just did not want to do it. Why? Because there was thousands and thousands of questions. <laughs> they gave us too many questions. Yeah, but do you know the reason why you have questions? It's because you need to get more smarter. Well, it's not because you need to get smarter to, to know it's, what happened. It's to to make sure that you're understanding what you're reading. It's called comprehension. Are you comprehending reading, what you're reading? Right. I can sit here and I can read the Bible all day long. But unless I'm actually ingesting it and understanding what it's saying, what good is it? Not, exactly. Not right. That. So you have to think the whole point of that is just testing to make sure, you know, it, it's kind of, do you remember this or do you remember that? You know, because it's trying to reiterate the fact, okay, you just read all this and make sure you're retaining that information because that's how we learn. We're retaining information. You could read a thousand words and you may only retain maybe three sentences of the whole thousand words that you read. Right. So it's just kind of the main points is what they're trying to make you understand. So when you have to answer these questions, it's not because we have nothing oh. better to do, right? It's because we want to make sure you're understanding what you're reading. We need to learn. Well, of course, everybody, we learn every day. Every single day we learn, right? So what's your least favorite subject? Math. Math. <laughs> you are my children, all of you. And you know what's really Nobody funny? Nobody likes math. That's not true. There's a lot of people who love math and they don't like history. Oh, right. We're What's fun about math? Well, actually, I'll be honest with you. For me, I loved geometry. Geometry oh. was my favorite. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, the good thing with geometry is because it shapes, right? And a triangle. Caden, do you know how many triangle. degrees a triangle has? Triangle. Oh. Uh, oh. 90 degrees. No, well, there's 90 degrees. There See, could be. This is... I don't understand this. It's a math question. Nobody understands. So it's 180 math. degrees, right? Oh, right. Half of it. Right. It needs, it so 180 degrees, and when you do geometry, you're trying to find the the angles, right? And me, I'm a visual. I like to see shapes. So when I did geometry, I just breezed through that, and it was just so easy for me. And I think you all, you think about it. You're going to need math every day of your life. You know, if you're balancing a checkbook or you're not going to need A plus D <laughs> equals square. You never know. You might. As long as it's not that common core stuff, which I promised to never teach you. Oh, goodness. 
Oh, see, math was the easiest for Bren, she said, but not geometry. See, that the way that our brains are, we think about the different animals that God created, right? The different creatures, and they're all created differently. And it's the same thing with humans. Even though we're kind of created the same, we're all different, right? Mm -hmm. We all have a different voice. We all have, right, a different voice. and Brains exactly. as well. How, well, we, yes. how, we, how we do things and how we talk and all that. Right. Different learning, like you said. You, there can be a classroom full of children, mm -hmm. and they learn this way, and the teacher teaches that way, but there can be other people that learn different. Right, and, and so that kind of leads into um, this article here. It's on hslda.org. And that um, it's just a really great homeschooling resource. And I've talked about it before in other shows. And so it says, what are some of the most common educational approaches or philosophies? And they list nine different ones. Uh, the first one is traditional or textbook. And that's kind of what everybody thinks of school. You know, it's school at home. How does it work? You've got textbooks and you've got the parents teaching to the child. You've got a classroom set up at home and you follow grade level on most subjects. And the schedule usually is routines and schedule similar to traditional schools. And I'll be honest, when we first started homeschooling, that's what I did. I, you know, we set up a little classroom in our dining room and um, we just kind of set it up like a classroom. And we kind of figured that that was just repetitive and we we're trying to get away from that. Right. So now um, we are kind of doing a mix of, of all of these different approaches. The next one is the box curriculum or complete package, which is a homeschool curriculum. It's already assembled, which is what we have with the Becca. Um, it's, you know, for grade specific, it's planned out for you. And we'll do that sometimes, you know. Um, and then there's the classical approach, which is ancient three-part process of training the mind called the trivium. The early years um, or grammar age, um, they absorb all the facts. Middle grade and dialectic stage, you're learning how to think. And then high school uh, or rhetoric age, you're learning to express thoughts. And so this works by studying classical history, great books, Western philosophy, Latin science, math, and fine arts. Um, and this one typically has like a routine. Um, and then they've got the Charlotte Mason or the real books. And it's an education is an atmosphere, discipline, and life. That's by Charlotte Mason. Um, it's a cultivated home life, discipline, developing good habits and character, life, academics characterized by living books and ideas versus learning raw facts. And that's we do that sometimes, too. And so um, how does that work? You use living books to guide and teach subjects, very limited use of curriculum or textbooks. Uh, a lot of nature, composers, handcrafts, and art studies, which we like to do that too. And you're learning about building relationships with great authors and composers, thinkers, etc. And, you know, like we talked about um, the Rothschilds, they didn't want a, a bunch of thinkers, they wanted workers. And so we're reversing that course and we're creating thinkers rather than just doing what we tell you to do. And so these are kind of short lessons. They're varied, a lot of read aloud. And I always encourage my kids to read, you know, read, read, read. Um, then there's the Montessori, which is child directed. They kind of pick how they want to learn a lot of uh, hands-on learning, which is good for ADHD. Um, just having like that. Me. Right. Yeah. And doing hands-on stuff, you know, just like with, with math, you know, I'm teaching you how to, how to do things. We've got, um, like math manipulatives, and it'll teach, it'll show you how a, uh, a circle is broken down into eight pieces and, and how we're going to do like three eighths, you know, fractions. A lot of that hands-on learning stuff is really good. Um, you incorporate home life as part of learning, and that's what we do here. You know, I'm trying to raise my children to be good stewards. You know, I want to teach them to have manners. I want to teach them, you know, to make your bed uh, we just got Finn a new bed. She's sleeping in Livy's room now. They're sharing a room. And Olivia's got the canopy bed. So we bought uh, Sophia, Finny, uh, a little twin-size bed to go underneath there. So um, as soon as we got her bed and we got her new new comforter and sheets and things, she wanted her bed perfect just the way it was like <laughs> when we first made it. So she's like me. Every morning I wake up, I get up, and I, I make my bed. And so she's four. And she does the same thing. Mom, we need to make my bed. Can we make my bed? You know, so learning those things early on is, is really important. What? 
I said when I got my room, Funny was not going to sleep in there. And she is not. Look and at now, that. <laughs> now she has a full bed. Yes, she does. Right. Um, so this one is a mixed age collaborative approach, and that's what we do because we've got an almost 13-year-old, we've got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 4-year-old. So trying to teach all of the kids one thing at one time can be really kind of hard if you're trying to do like subjects, you know. Um, and so um, doing the mixed age, like teaching them how to bake and teaching them how to cook and like Papa, when he comes in, teaching them, you know, how to play catch and how to build things. You know, you can do the mixed age collaborative there. Um, and what else do we have here? Um, this is like a gentle and relaxed schedule. So, you know, there's no real schedule for that. And we've got Jason back. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Bucky? Good. Well, Good. I, I, I'm just, just catching the very end, but I was about uh, age-appropriate um, activities for your homeschoolers. I completely agree. Um, my 15-year-old uh, uh, boy loves to cook. Um, and sometimes, uh, he'll say, Hey dad, I want to cook. And so we'll go to the store and we'll get the ingredients and he'll pull out a recipe. And, uh, he's, he's got quite a little repertoire of things that he likes to, he likes to do. Um, so, uh, incorporating things like that into your schedule is, is super important as a, as a homeschooling parent. Um, whether it's like you were saying, um, something to do with dad or something to do with grandma or grandpa or an uncle or, or whatever it is, um, make make it a learning activity. They can take the day off of school and do that for their schoolwork for the day because um, they're learning and it's something they don't get in, in public school. Exactly. And like Three Little Birds said, have the older kids lead lessons for the younger. And it's funny because Caden, our oldest, he helps our youngest sometimes. Like she'll do her preschool work. We got, you know, like learning shapes and numbers and ABCs and all that. And so he'll kind of help her guide her and he'll help, you know, the other kids too, like if they're stuck on something. Um, but yeah, incorporating all of that, you know, people, like I said, we have to unlearn what the school system was teaching us. They don't want us to be productive, you know, humans. They don't want us to be free thinkers, you know, and they say that a lot of homeschooling kids end up going to be like engineers and, you know, where you have all that thinking, you want to be creative and, you know, create things instead of just having all the, the AI do everything in the home thing, the thinking for you. Oh yeah. You know? So, so let me tell you, so the, the group that I grew up in, um, of homeschoolers, um, let me, so uh, one's a nurse, um, and also has a side business, um, does really well for his family. Um, another is a, uh, stay at home mom, but she also teaches martial arts. She's a, uh, double black belt in, I think, three different martial arts and teaches a martial arts class as well as homeschools her own kids and runs a household and a farmstead. Um, uh, three of my brothers, uh, one is a, uh, was his own general contractor for a while, went to work for another company, now he's back to being another general contractor. Two of them, um, uh, work for a general contractor and make probably close to a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, my sister started out homeschooling and uh, is now a homemaker, but she uh, works in the court system as a guardian at Lightham's assistant. Um, uh, let's see, um, I'm forgetting somebody. Um, oh, uh, one of my brothers went on to be. Uh, he decided he was going to do the blue collar thing, and he's a he's a rancher. Loves what he does. Lives up in Wallowa County, Oregon as a rancher and absolutely is uh, just loves what he does. Another went on to be a, a diesel mechanic, went to trade school. Another went on to be an auto mechanic, went to uh, to uh, to trade school to be an auto mechanic. And every single one of those people are doing um, fantastic. Um, it, 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 you're awesome. Getting a diploma versus getting a GED is, is nothing um, compared to uh, the um, level of skills that you have when you graduate high school or when you get your GED and what you're going out into the world as a person. Um, it, that, that, is, that is what's going to um, sustain you is what you go into the world as, as a person. And the public school system is not putting our kids there. They're dumbing it down and they're, they're making them be a slave to the system and a slave to um, the ideology and um, it, it, you, I, I get your kids out. That's all I got to say. Get your kids out. 
God. Yeah, amen to that. You know, we see all of these things coming out of these schools. And, you know, it, it's not just that they're dumbing them down, like, educationally. You know, they're putting all of these crazy thoughts and ideas into their heads. And, you know, it, it, I think a lot of it is truly making them like depressed because it's just, yeah, like Brent said, it's very toxic. It's a toxic environment. And, you know, I know my kids are here and they're safe and they're learning and they're striving and they're happy, you know? And uh, another thing that we learn too is we, we are learning how to, to do more for ourselves, you know, away from all the box junk, you know, um, all the bioengineered stuff and we're trying to eat healthier, you know, a lot more fruit and um, baking our own bread. Yes. Lots of vegetables and we're growing our own and watching the kids go out into the garden and picking their own food and then cooking them and then having them at the dinner table. It's just something that like, it just seems so wholesome, you know, and we, we got to, it was really a blessing. Absolutely. It was really a blessing for me this year because um, moving back to my parents, I have lots of six acres. And so, we're renovating the family farm and uh we went to the nursery um last spring and i told my son i said okay you pick out the plants that you like um to put in your own planter box and um, we'll we'll prep it for you but then you got to take care of them for the whole year and so we did he picked out um i'll have this i i should put some pictures up um he he picked out uh probably about 12 different plants um some strawberries uh um, some annuals and some perennials. Um, so he knows things are going to die off this year and he's going to have to replant next year. But he's got this box that's his own box. He took care of it the whole summer um, through our heat wave and, and everything else. And uh, we harvested herbs from his little box for um, for use in the house when we were cooking. And he got to make dishes. Like I said, he likes to cook. So he got to make um, make a few dishes with some of the herbs from his, from the, the plants that he'd grown. So um, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's super important. And it, you don't have to have six acres like I do. You can have a, uh, a pot in a, in a planter box on your, um, on your apartment patio. So um, you, you can go all the way down to that or, or in the windowsill. There's, there's plenty of kits for that too. Yes, for sure. And, you know, there's a book that I have and I cannot remember the name, but it's like basically how to homestead on like a quarter of an acre, you know, and it gives you all these different ideas of what you can do. It can be done. A lot of people are like, well, I don't have a lot of space. I think we live on probably about a third of an acre and we've got a really big backyard. And so every year our garden just seems to keep growing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Matt, can you do us another garden bed and four garden beds later? It's like, oh, yeah, wait, he we knows still need to do that stuff. Yes. He's yes. Growing up on the farm and all That's that. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny yeah. that you say that, Punky, because uh, I just actually just put a flyer up here in, in my little local town at the store. I'm starting to sell farm fresh eggs because we have like three dozen in the, in the refrigerator right now. And it's, you know, my chickens are laying and um, they're more than we can eat. And so it's time. And uh, had my son help me to, to design the flyer for um, putting up the store. And uh, so we're starting to sell our, our, our farm fresh eggs. Um, so uh, that's, well, that's, that's right work, right? Going back to county by county, you know, you know doing, doing what you can locally. Yes. Brent said that a dozen farm eggs near her is $9. We have a local farmer that we go to. Um, we can't have chickens in our subdivision, which oh. we would have like a million of them running around the yard. Oh. But um, there are $5 there. And it's so funny because like not a lot of people, I guess, in the area really knew that he sold eggs. And I don't even know that they knew that he was there. And so um, we would go there all the time. We've been going there now for probably about two years and just buying fresh. Uh, he, he's actually a cattle rancher. And so he's got, you know, all these cows. And so we buy our beef from him and he sells chickens and we got a whole turkey from him one year for Thanksgiving. And anyway, so he's got these eggs. And when I go to Aldi, they've got a lot of like really good produce and things there. So they're five dollars for the bleached white eggs. And I'm like, that's the same price that this man is charging. And so he told Matt the last time when he was there to pick up the eggs that, um, you know, this is a slow season and they don't get a lot of people. And so I literally I posted a picture of Bryson um, scrambling some eggs because he likes to help out. And I prayed on it and I said, Lord, please just help send people to this man because we need him to stay in business so we can keep buying from him, you know? And so I posted that post and then we went back a week later for more eggs. 
And he just told Matt, he's like, hey, just tell Tiffany, thank you so much for that post because they've just been having people every day now. And I said, see, that's how God works. He needed help. Yep, we absolutely. prayed on it. And so, yeah, we're going to need people like you who have these eggs to keep us going because we see what the government is doing to us. So, um, yeah, you farmers are alive. Yeah, eggs are... Eggs are probably four eighty nine right now. They were almost up to five. They come, they come down a little bit local here, but they're I think they're four eighty nine for um, uh, medium sized eggs. And uh, you get a dozen eggs for me, and um, they're multicolored. And you're probably going to get a couple of double yolkers, and at least at least two double yolkers in your dozen because I got I got a couple of chickens that just like to lay them. So. That's how our eggs are here from our farmer. Every they these eggs were so big. We've got this plastic container. We keep the eggs in the fridge, and and I think you can fit twenty four of them in there. I want to say these eggs were so big we could not even get the lid on it. And every <laughs> single egg that I have been cracking have been double yolks. So it's like the Lord has blessed him and blessed us for knowing him. And now you know we pay it forward and get the people in the community. People I went to high school. They live in different cities now. Uh, close enough. They're even going over there because of my post. So, you know, it's like we help one another out. This is the county by county things that Bard's is always talking about. And so, yes, people like you, Jason, we need you. So keep doing what you're doing because um, it's going to come down to, like, truly, people are going to depend on you. You are going to be the groceries. <laughs> well, it's it's not only people that do, are doing what I'm doing. It's, um, it's those of us who are homeschooling our kids to do it in the next generation. And that's what uh, that's what unschooling scholars is all about. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully someday soon we'll get out of here, Florida. You know, it's so Tennessee, Florida, Tennessee, or Texas are top three. It's going to depend on where God sends us. If God, and then we're going to go to North Carolina. <laughs> no, I know they've. It's too cold there. But, anyways, well, um, it's already almost seven o'clock. Conley's going to be on here in a minute, so. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer. So if y'all would please just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you so very much for this opportunity to to talk about you and just your love for us and, and this beautiful world that you created for us, Lord. I thank you for, for all of the blessings that I have, the, the wonderful people that I have in my life, my children and my husband, my family, and, and my Bard's family. You know, I, I've just been so blessed with with just so much good in my life, Lord, and I truly thank you. Um, I ask that you help those who are struggling today, Lord, that you be with them, whether they're struggling mentally or physically, if they're not feeling well, Lord, that you just put your loving arms around them and, and guide them and heal them, Lord. We know that we're living in trying times, but we know that through you, all things are possible, Lord. We know that you truly do love us. You sent your son here to die for us, Lord, and we can never thank you for that. Um, but we will try to do our best to just be good stewards of the earth and to help those who are in need. Lord. So we ask that you just guide us and direct us to wherever we need to be, that you continue giving us the discernment that we need um, and the eyes to see and the ears to hear so that we can help those who are struggling, Lord. Let us be the messengers. Let us be those disciples for you, Lord. Um, we ask that you just continue keeping watch over us and, and helping all of us so we can help others, Lord. We know that you bless us so that we can bless others. And, and this year, we want to be more about giving, you know, helping those in need and, and just helping guide, planting those seeds, leading them to you, Lord. Um, and we just thank you so very much for sending us everything that we have, especially your son, Jesus, who died for us and for our sins, Lord. Um, just be with us and guide us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so very much for joining us tonight. Um, this has been just an amazing show. I love having the kids on. And sometimes they get a little nervous, you know, but I think once they finally get warmed up, you know, they they really like. Ooh, me? Nervous? Yeah, you. Um, and Jason, thanks so much for calling in. You know, at any time you want to come co-host again, we'd be happy to have you here. I'm sure we've got lots of great topics oh, yes. we can talk about. Um, so that way we don't have to talk. Yeah, and, and anyone who uh, just 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 to plug for the Telegram channel, and, and not really for it, but for anyone who needs help or wants help or wants to know more about homeschooling, um, um, get on the Telegram channel or reach out to Funky and I. Either one individually, we will 
we will walk you through what you need to do, or we will help you in whatever way we can, because this is our heart and we believe in it. And just, I made a mistake. There's no Conley tonight. He's in Texas and he's dealing with all of the power outages. So um, let's just pray for Conley too and Duncan and, and all those in Texas right now that are suffering. I've got some friends up by Dallas and uh, they had a nice day today too. So all of them up there in Texas, Lord, just please watch over them and, and help them get the power and, and their internet and just watch them. This is just so crazy. All of this weather that, you know, everywhere. I don't know what's going on. Well, why don't we say a, a quick prayer for them? I can do that. Well, if, if, we're not, okay. if we're not having to cut off because there's no Conley, we, we might as well pray, right? All right. Let's, yeah, definitely. Sounds let's like pray. Yeah. So, Lord, we just, we just lift up um, everyone who's dealing with the storm that's surrounding Texas and the surrounding um, states around Texas. Um, it, this is um, not normal weather for them, Lord, and we we know it's not normal. We know that there are people that are um, doing things to our weather that uh, are it, it's just it's just it's, it's crappy for everyone. Um, it's stealing rain from places that need it and sending um, things um, and storms to to people that don't deserve it. And so, um, for anyone who's dealing with uh, the weather right now, Lord, we just pray that you'd be with them. Um, for those that don't have power, Lord, um, keep them warm. Um, if it takes a supernatural um, angel, you know, spreading his wings over their house or whatever it takes, Lord, keep those people warm. Um, keep people safe that are on the roads. I know I have friends that are traveling back home right now, um, and they uh, were in the ditch yesterday but got out. And I don't know where they're at today, Lord, but I would pray that you'd keep them safe traveling. And anyone else who's who has to travel out there, Lord, just uh, you would uh, you'd keep people safe that are that have to be out in the weather and um, help people to be smart. And um, and bring those to justice um, that are uh, are causing these crazy weather um, events that we continue to have all across the world. Um, Lord, we know you're in control, um, but I just pray that you'd be with your people and that uh, um, whether they need warmth or whether they need uh, uh, encouragement or whether they need their neighbor to come over and shovel the sidewalk so Grandma can get out um, and get into the car, whatever it takes, Lord, um, just be with us as uh, as all of us struggle with the strange weather that's going on. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've lived in a lie ever since the formula bottle. Decent, sitized, everything we knew about our problems. And now we're all roaming the land, saying, How did this big lie start? It's time to put our faith in Him, cause it's gone too far. Oh, I believe he died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved when you count on God Who's gonna take the lead by putting the life on Of Christ washes every sin by the minute. The sheep are blind, all because their mind is a prison. And now they're all roaming the land, saying, How did this big lie start? It's time they put their faith in Him, cause it's gone too far. Oh, I believe He died for me. And for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on life Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right 
putting their life on the line Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right He's gonna take the lead Show them